This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, and my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we have uh, a little bit of a different schedule this week. Ronald is off rebranding the Sojourn Network, um, giving it a nautical update. Um, I can't wait to see the swag that that pours out of out of that organization after, after okay, so all this is said. This, this didn't cross my mind when we were discussing it on the episode <laughs> where he he revealed this to us. But yeah. is there anything more like affluent middle aged oh, than going I mean, nautical themed? Like I feel like this is this is what happens when church planters become mega church pastors. Oh, totally. like we move totally we moved from we moved from like Jack gritty to, lumberjack to like yeah, yeah we're to tying docks, a, to docksiders and chinos. Yeah, we're tying a sweater around our necks now. And and it really I mean, everybody says, okay, this is an interesting dynamic. Everybody says they're not going to let that happen to them, right? And, and there are a lot of things like that in life, like where you say, you know, I'm not going to be the obnoxious sports parent. I'm not going to yell. And then, you know, then you have a kid who's in a sport and you're like, well. Yeah, and then the ref blows a call. And, and what are you supposed to Exactly. Do? The ref blows a call and you're, you're that guy. Similarly, I think all these young, like, hipster church church planting types like 14 years ago were like, yeah, we, we love the city, you know, sojourn. We're going to cuff our jeans and wear our flannels and like take meetings in coffee shops. And now those guys are all like 46 and they're all like, you know, we want some square footage. We like the suburbs. Um, how we, we want boats. How about we call it Harbor? And, uh, it's just, a, it's a, it's a great pivot, dude. I love it. Um, in another 20 years, they're going to change it to like, Fairway. That'll that'll be the name of it. <laughs> when they're all like sixty one and they just want to go golfing. That's right. They're <laughs> they're trying to hit the it's, one iron, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's something, man, and it's just been fun to watch, dude. Uh, I hope our boy never leaves like whatever trendy like church thing is is happening in the moment. Um, because I want to be able to live that vicariously through him. You know what I mean? Do you think he's ever going to be able to go like full Wendell Berry pastor? You know, cause he has this strong, like I countryside rural vibe <laughs> to him. But at the same time, I'm like imagining Ronnie living in like an isolation out on no. a farm house See, on the side of a hillside, like miles away from anybody. I, yeah. I think he would, I think he would die. I've known Ronnie for a little bit longer than you. And I can, I can say with all, sincerity and affection that I think all the, all the like countryside stuff he's doing is fake. Um, (laughs) It's completely fake. And and what's charming about it though, is that it's, it's really intended to only convince two people and that's himself and his wife. And I I think he's doing it. He's doing the faux thing like largely for his own family. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, and and here's the here's the trouble with Ronnie though. Like he's undergoing he's undergoing the same metamorphosis all of us undergo in middle age, where like you want your life to get quieter and you want more square footage. And but that's at odds with like his cool sort of ductwork and, and exposed brick kind of thing that he's trying to pull off too. So he's really he's caught between two worlds. I, I don't think 
I don't see the Wendellberry guys convinced themselves that they would like the earthiness and the work of outdoor life. And Ronnie has never he's never hinted at that. You know, there's no part of him that actually wants to like till. That's a field true. Or, Gar- gardening has never made his Instagram feed. Ronnie is a big like pay somebody to mow my own lawn guy, so he's never going to do any farming. He's never going to do actual Wendellberry stuff. I mean the. The closest Ron wants to get to the outdoors is like taking a walk so that he can photograph it, you know. Um, so it's it's never going to go beyond the photography, I don't think. Um, I think Ron's okay. So let's let's do like a minute on this. Given Sojourn's change to Harbor, what do you think Ron's next big move is? Like, what's the move? Uh, man, because I think That's our attitudes question. on this have changed over the last like two years. Like two years ago, we would have said he's moving to Naples, Florida, for sure. And I think he would have said that. Um, but now I'm not so sure, Pipe. I could see him going. I mean, he, he's pursuing a, what is it, a D-min right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could see him moving towards sort of a, uh, like a church hub center. So towards Louisville, towards yeah. Nashville, towards somewhere yeah. where like he can be, he can be sort of a, a network guy. Like he feels like such a Nashville guy to me where he can like take coffee meetings all day and call it work. And you know, yes, but he, and and he'd be perfect because he would resent it the whole time. He would resent everybody else. Who's a Nashville guy the whole time. So Nashville is full of people who are stereotypes and who resent every other person who's a stereotype just like them. Is part of being a Nashville guy resenting all other Nashville guys. Is that, is that kind of part of the job description? Well, either that or there, there's two there's two options. Yeah. Well, there's three options. There's people who grew up here who mm-hmm. are like, this is like this is my neighborhood. You yeah. guys are weird. Yeah, yeah. Then there's the then there's the like the Nashville guy who is totally oblivious to the fact that he's a walking caricature. Yeah. Then there's the Nashville guy <laughs> who's a walking caricature who's oblivious to the fact that he is, but makes fun of everybody else for it. They're like, look at that guy's hat. I'm like, you're the idiot with a fedora on his head right and uh so that kind of thing there's like the the unaware of anything around them totally the the unself-aware but very aware of how everybody else is is what you know is what they are see i feel like in order to really enjoy being a nashville guy especially in like upper middle age which didn't ron just turn 50 yeah but i'm not sure we're supposed to know that i can't remember i feel like you gotta you got to have a heck ton of money to really enjoy being a Nashville older guy. You know what I mean? To be that guy where you can be like, oh, I want to I wanna call a coffee meeting so I can introduce you to this powerful, influential person. Like the introduction guy. You can, you can be that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Like, hey, I want you to meet my friend Bob. He's, um, he's a VP over at Lifeway. You know, I, I really think he could, he could help move your project forward. You know? um, I feel like that's the older Nashville guy that Ronnie would enjoy being. But that requires a lot of cash. Um, yeah, it it does. The where that works well is that is just the church sphere, where yeah. you know, like you have a you have a church job, yeah. and then you know, as opportunities come up, you make connections. But you're not like yeah. the the sort of like networking, glad handing agent type. Yeah, I also feel like okay. I think Nashville's not going to be a fit for Ronnie. I'm talking myself out of it because I think yeah, Ronnie needs to be in the. He needs to be in the kind of context where he's the coolest guy, you know, which is yeah. why Kansas City is very much on the table. Kansas right now. City is hugely on the table, whereas like the geography wouldn't appeal to him. But like going into that MBTS context and being the coolest guy in the room is, is definitely a draw. 
Um, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm putting my chips on MBTS at this point. Or like some kind of hipster pastor retreat center. Um, but that requires, I don't know, that requires a level of like Wendell Berry that I don't think he has. In the sense yeah, like that, you, like you, you have to be able to like change a light bulb to yeah. run a bed and breakfast, or like so plumb a toilet, or yeah. you know just do whatever. Well, wait, let's not let's not get crazy. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it's change a, a light bulb. Let's start there. Yeah, cut some yeah. grass. Sweep you know. sweep a floor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and the thing is, I think I think Ronnie is Midwest bound because uh-huh. he's not like in the Northeast or the West Coast. There's a lot of cool ish yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the in the South, uh-huh. like I just it I don't know that Ronnie could hack it in like the Deep South. No, the Deep South I think would would break him in some ways. Yeah, I think I think uh, he would just be an alien. Yeah, I think like Texas and the Southwest is kind of like a different country. Yeah, like, no good. Not, no we good. wouldn't even know what to do with them. So yeah. you, your options are like the Mid Atlantic, so like Virginia, North mm. Carolina. Yeah. But like urban North Carolina uh-huh. over across the middle of the country to like Oklahoma. Yeah. And that's just sort of like that band. Yeah. And that's that's where that's where Ronnie needs to live. It is, dude. And I, I think Kansas City is like the perfect example of that band working well for him. Because like take a city like Asheville, that's gonna be too filthy with cool people. There's gonna be too much competition there. Um yeah. and you take a city like I don't know. Oklahoma City or whatever, and it's too Great Plainsy, you know. It's too, it's a little too Texasy. Yeah, it's a little too like rancher. Yeah, a little too rancher, a little too like, you know, Ford F one fifty ish. But Kansas City, and especially Midwestern, that's the that's the wheelhouse. You know, that's a sweet spot. Um, yeah, I could see I could see a city like Tulsa working where yeah. it's like it's kind of a. It's a. It was a, like a formerly grimy city that has kind of become. It's got a little bit of an art scene. Yeah. A little bit of a music scene. There's some cool venues, but like, yeah. there's definitely room for more cool people there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He needs to go to a place where there's a. Yeah. There's a little bit of a like, a scarcity of cool people. Um, but yeah, can't, Kansas City is strong and like they. You know, they have some great history, but it's like dad and mom jeans as far as the eye can see <laughs> that's sort of mm-hmm. it and so like ronnie didn't wouldn't even have to try to be the coolest guy there i know i know yeah i think i think i'm betting on that man um and the and the jared thing would would have to keep popping which there's no there's no evidence that that train is slowing down anytime soon so um you know he could keep keep doing the jared thing there would be some some interesting people there for him to be against um I don't know. I just think it would work well. Um, yeah, better, better, definitely than Nashville or Louisville. Well, eleven minutes deep pipe. Now that we've got Ronnie's life figured out, um, yeah, yeah, we can we can talk sports. Do you ever think it will be advantageous for Ronnie to like sports? Is there a professional context where like Ron would would be like where it would be necessary for him to like sports? Let's say in this no. move to Kansas well, City. It- if if he moved to the southeast, it would be because people like right now. That's part of his "I'm too cool for school" thing. Yeah. Like not liking sports, he can just be like sports ball. You know, yeah. he's that guy, and and that works especially in like an academic context. People that's are like, true. yes, indeed, sports ball. That's yeah, how, how trite. Right. Um, but she, so there could it, I. If it if there was a context where it would be advantageous, it's one that he would assiduously avoid. See, Jared's a sports ball guy, though. 
And I'm, I'm kind of yeah, – but only in limitation. Like he loves football. Yeah. But not – like he's not a baseball guy. He's not – he doesn't care about the NBA. Like he's yeah. – like we are sports guys. We like all the sports. Sure. And Jared is like a Tom Brady guy. So Jared loves the Patriots. He might he might not even love football. Um, he just loves the Pats. So yeah, that's pretty right. that's pretty limited. It's a it's a narrow scope of being a sports guy for sure. So it's it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense for Ronnie to like you know glom onto that just to to move the Jared thing forward. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of in the breadbasket of sports though, being where he is in Ohio. I mean, I feel like he would be 35% more successful as a pastor if he, like, pretended to care about the Browns in Ohio State, you know? That would that would get him closer. In fact, dude, come to think of it, I've been to a professional... I've been to two professional baseball games with Ronnie. This is strange. He and I did an Indians <laughs> game together one time, and we we did that Toledo Mudhens game together. Like, we've done more live sports than you and I have. Um, which doesn't yeah, feel right true. at some level. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you. I feel like you wasted your bullets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ronnie. Like he had some. The with- Cleveland. The Cleveland Indian Stadium. Yeah, is one of the most depressing baseball stadiums I've ever been to. Yeah, dude. I don't. I, I don't know. Progressive Field or something. It used to be yeah. Jacobs Field. Right. Progressive Field, which yeah, just named after an insurance company. That in and of itself is depressing, but. I don't remember anything distinctive about it, which is probably it's the Nissan Stadium of baseball stadiums. I think that's that's where I'm I'm coming down on it. Um, why why do you think it's the most depressing baseball stadium? <clears throat> well, I mean it's in Cleveland, yeah. So not a strong so start, that. yeah. Um, it's it, it like you said, there's nothing distinctive about it. Like yeah. there's no, there's no cool sight lines. There's no cool like. Uh, there's nothing around the stadium. At least there wasn't when I was there several yeah. years ago. It's kind of a pain to get to. Mm. Um, there's when you're sitting in the upper deck, you feel like you're 11 miles away from the field, so totally. it doesn't kind of have that like yeah. cozy feel like it. Yeah, there's you know, nothing Wrigley or like about Target it. Field. Yeah, even like PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Right. There's there's no. <clears throat> I mean, and this is setting aside the fact that I don't like the Indians. Like, I I yeah. love a good ballpark, even if the team there is one that I, totally. I don't like. Yeah, there's no – the food is generic. Mm-hmm. The drinks are – like, there's nothing about it that's like, oh, that's so cool. Dude, it reminds me Which, of New Comiskey, you know, the the White Sox park. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're in the upper deck, you're 11 miles away. You're, like, up in the weather, you know. Um, at the very least, at the very least, um, that – New New Comiskey, what is it now? It's I don't even remember. Don't even it used know. to be U.S. Yeah. Cellular, but they went under. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that that has sort of a movie theater feel to it. Yeah. So even though it's a generic experience, they're like, if you just want to pay attention to a baseball game, they created a context where you can see the field. Right. You're fairly close. Yeah. The sight lines are good. It's just boring. Yeah. And it's in a and it's in the not awesome part of Chicago in terms of like, what, <laughs> yeah. if you want to go do something fun after the game, you're like, well, not here, jump on the train for sure. Um, and so it, yeah, there's a, it, it's a lot like that except bigger and drabber. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy that like Ron and I drove into Cleveland for a baseball game it, and he went with some, there was some third guy involved, some guy from his church that had the tickets who was a big Indians guy. Like he wore a Jersey and, and the whole thing. Um, so yeah, Ron Ron keeps getting pulled into sports contacts 
that he actually has no interest in. Um, it's a strange dynamic. Speaking of having no interest in a sport, Piper, um, the NBA Finals happened, and I had no interest in it. You you probably maybe had a little bit more interest in it, but it sounds like not not so much. And my question is, has there ever been a more like who cares NBA Finals? And my thoughts not since were like George Mikan. Yeah, my thoughts were we we'd have to go pre like Magic and Larry to get to an NBA Finals that people were more who cares about, or maybe even maybe one of those po- post Jordan pre LeBron Finals. Um, would would be up there, but uh, but yeah, man. Let's see, post Jordan, pre LeBron. So there was there was the the Lakers and the Spurs basically dominated that. The Pistons showed up a couple times. Even those um, though, dude, I feel like there were there were really likable team units. So like the the Pistons as a concept were likable. Um, well, see if if this had been the finals, but it was in June. Yeah, it would have gotten mass ratings like kind of this upstart, not upstart Miami team, but like they yeah. weren't the favorite coming out of the East against, you know, a pinnacle player who they, you know, they got like the, it's the Lakers. It's a glamour yeah. franchise. Super LeBron team is. Yeah. LeBron's one of the top two or three players ever. So forth. I think the reason it was like I didn't watch any of the playoffs. I watched yeah. a few minutes because like it is not basketball season right. in my mind. Like <laughs> right. I just. Right. I yeah. can't gear up. And then when I tried to watch it, I was like, this is like watching Summer League. Yeah. Because, Dude, because I think there's, seeing no, the, there's no energy. There's no fans in the stands. It's right. just. Seeing the same floor over drag. and over. Seeing the same yeah. gym over and over. No fans. No energy. Like the 20-minute sermon. The whole thing, the, the aggregate was just like, ugh, you know. <laughs> and, and what it what it what it showed me is that like, I'm not, I'm a basketball fan, but I'm not a basketball junkie. And the same would be true for football. Like if the NFL was like, Hey, due to COVID, we're going to delay our season and we're going to run it in the spring. Yeah. I don't know that I would really watch as much. See, I would watch the Um, crap out of it. Cause I'm a football junkie. Like I'm just a sicko for it. You know, I'm closer to that. Yeah. But also the other thing about football is it's a weekly sport. So like, this obviously right now it's weird because there's like Monday night games and Tuesday night games because <laughs> yeah. of rescheduling. Yeah. But when it's mainly like Sunday, Monday, it doesn't feel like it's just a day a week kind sure. of thing. Sure, sure. Whereas basketball, yeah, kind of there's games every day during the regular season. And yeah. I just, I'm like, yeah, this is not the season for that. You yeah. know, when, when they're trying to run the playoffs in August or whatever in this yeah. bubble, yeah, I just couldn't care. It didn't help any that the team that I actually follow wasn't mm. in it because they weren't good enough. So, yeah. like, I still I watch bad teams that I care about sure. regardless. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, I I I don't think there's an asterisk next to this finals. Like, you know, yeah. I don't think the Lakers deserve less credit because given the context, they they won. They won fair yeah. and square. They played. Five and seven game series. Yeah, they beat a good team and they beat them soundly. Mm-hmm. But, but who cares? Totally. Like it was just, I I just don't care right now, dude. I love that like a BYU Coastal Carolina like football game on Thursday night like outdrew the NBA Finals. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's tough to do ratings anymore with streaming and all that stuff. So I I get it. Yeah. All the caveats, but um, I don't know. I just think that's indicative of like where the NBA is at right now. Um, What's funny is like up until COVID, the NBA's ratings by and large were pretty good. uh Um, They weren't drawing quite as well in the stadium and things. But I think 
maybe this year they were down, but like the NBA of all the leagues has done the best job of fostering a fan base. That's true. Yeah. Football football is just sort of like a mass cultural phenomenon. It's like yeah. the thing that everybody like you care about. It's a little bit like the the a presidential election. Like even mm-hmm. if we all hate it, we pay attention to it. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. And and basketball is not like that. Basketball is like if you hate it, you you don't you even just, know it exists. You yeah, don't care. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they've done a really good job of like building fan bases. And for whatever reason, that seemed to be lacking in the viewership. Like it just yeah. – and I think it's because it – I think it's, it's mostly circumstantial. Just yeah. it's people – people are not in the basketball viewing frame of mind. The games were not on a typical schedule. Right. There was um, – it was, you know, like you had to kind of you had to kind of access the games instead of just like yeah. flipping on TNT on a Thursday and being like, sweet, it's the, you know, jazz and the Celtics or whatever. Yeah, I think they lost the casual fan, which is me, really. Like I go to two Grizzlies games a year, um, really enjoy it, have a blast, um, enjoy watching it from time to time on, you know, on TNT on a Thursday night or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I really um, couldn't have cared less this year. Um, pipe a couple of quick NFL things before we have to wrap the app in, in like 10 minutes. Um, Le'Veon Bell, free agent. Uh, the Jets have parted ways with Le'Veon Bell. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this for a couple of reasons. One is that, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of always interested in all-time worst teams. Just how an NFL <laughs> franchise in the age of like revenue sharing – and in the largest media market in the world can have maybe the worst team of all time. Um, and I wonder, you, you probably weren't as intimately involved with the Owen 16 lines as I was, but that was a, that was a, <laughs> a historically, obviously historically bad team in the, it's in the a, true a Matt Millen work. special. I believe it was a Matt Millen special. It was a Dan Orlovsky, at quarterback special Dan Orlovsky, like Mike McMahon, I think was, was still in the mix at quarterback at that time. Um, yes. It was an all-time bad team and bad roster, but I think this Jets team might be worse, and I'm I'm interested. Because well, in wasn't that. wasn't Calvin Johnson on that? <clears throat> yeah, uh, on Calvin that Johnson was so, still on that team, and so there was a transcendent player, which is yeah. not something you can say about the Jets. There was the a, Jets have zero. Right, there was a transcendent player, and there were I would say a handful of like serviceable NFL players. Like Kyle Vandenbosch was still on that team. They had a yep. they had a big defensive tackle, Sean Rogers, who was really a good player. Like if yeah, if Sean Rogers had been on the the Packers in the same era, we w- we would have talked about him as a perennial you know Pro Bowl type guy. Um, so they had Sean Rogers, Kyle Vandenbosch, Calvin Johnson, um, yeah, probably a, a handful of other serviceable guys that I'm forgetting, but uh, but still managed to go own sixteen and really not be close in a lot of their games. You know, a lot of their games were like of the 42 to 10 variety. You know, it's not like they were just getting, you know, getting unlucky in these games. And the Jets, I wonder if they're going to be that bad, you know? And if if they are that bad, I wonder if Trevor Lawrence pulls a John Elway and is just like, I'm not playing there. Um, What are your thoughts on all that? Well, I, yeah, I think... I think the 
the Jets front office that set this team up. So the, the front office they have right now is not the one that set this team up because I think yeah. Mike McCagnan was the GM who, right. who did all of the terror. Like in one offseason, they gave out more guaranteed money than any team ever had, which yeah. in the NFL is a real quick recipe to destroy your team because the whole point is – Salaries that look huge, but there's not a lot of guaranteed money. And then you can sure. cut guys at little cost. Um, but he got – so he made the Le'Veon Bell signing. He made a bunch of other signings. He got fired a month after signing Le'Veon Bell, which is not a great sign. <laughs> he hired yeah. Adam Gase, who – Adam Gase is a terrible, terrible coach. Yeah. He just is. Yeah. The number of players who leave Adam Gase, go elsewhere, and prove themselves to be remarkable, who looked really bad under him, is is huge. Yeah. The reason Adam Gase is seen as good is because he happened to be the offensive coordinator when Peyton Manning was the offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winning and exactly. record setting Denver Broncos team. Totally. And 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 which is, you know, congratulations on riding the coattails of a Hall of Famer, but like yeah. that's that's absurd. Yeah. So, yeah, they they're they're a the new GM, I think, has started to make some – cutting Le'Veon Bell is a good move. Like you have some dead money now, but you get yeah. off from under it. Traded yeah. Jamal Adams, who was their only really good player, but he got a bunch of picks, so that's going to help him in the future. Yeah. But, yeah, if unless they get a good coach and use those picks well, like they are just a disaster. And there's yeah. their best offensive player right now – Is Mekhi Becton. We, <laughs> okay. Their best offensive skill position player. Uh-huh. Yeah, so their best offensive player is a is a – Rookie left tackle. That's not uh-huh. promising. Uh-huh. Their best skill position play would be like the third receiver on a good team. Jamison Crowder. Yeah. Jamison Crowder. And yeah. he's had some good games, but like Jamison Crowder is the kind of guy like he should be the yeah. third receiver uh, on the Saints who's like the outlet guy for Drew Brees or totally. whatever. Like that's, totally. that's his future. Yeah. Uh, he should be hitting yeah. like New England slot receiver status where he's in the twilight of his career and he's just running like, you know, four yard like whip routes. All day. I, I think he's a really good receiver, but he he's is. not a game-changing receiver. He's right. like part of this complete offense receiver, you know? Totally, totally. Like if, if he was the Vikings' third receiver right now, I would be thrilled. Dude, that'd be you awesome. Know, be like, that would really he, be he'd awesome. He'd be the, kind of the, the perfect complement to the guys they have there. That's right. But That's right. Yeah, he's just – but that's the best they've got. Yeah. I don't know anybody who plays on their defense right now. Yeah, they have, they have C.J. Mosley, but he's been banged up. He's a really good player. Yeah. Um, he was one of those guaranteed money contracts, I think, because he well, used, yeah, to be they, a, used to be a sank, Raven, right? Yeah, they sank huge money into guys in positions that are less relevant, too. You know, it's like... Yes, the <laughs> middle whole, linebackers and running backs. You're like, what is this, 1992? Right, middle linebackers, running backs, box safeties. You know, like, I could see paying that to Troy Palomalu 15 years ago, but, I mean, we're we're not in that era anymore where, like, the inside linebacker and the box safety are real you know, linchpins of your team. So, um, yeah, badly done by the Jets. Um, they made a uniform change that was I, – I would call it a lateral move. Um, I'm not I'm not bullish on the, the Jets' new uniform. Well, I just think when it's – When your colors are green and white, mm-hmm. it, you, you kind of – you can go bad with, like, fonts and stuff. Yeah. But you're, you're never going to be outstandingly amazing one way or the other because green and yeah. white are just pretty like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, pretty. Yeah. Looks like a high school uniform. Yeah. See, I really liked the um, like the Mark Gastineau era Jets uniform, um, the Ken O'Brien era with the kind of the big, bold, like block Jets and the big numbers <laughs> and the and like the UCLA shoulder stripe. See, um, I, liked, I liked the white helmets with the like yeah. the 
with the stamp on the side that yeah. said Jets in it. Yeah, I think that was a solid one. Too. Like the Namath era. Yeah, that was a that yeah. was a good looking uniform. That's right. You weren't like offending anyone with that, but it wasn't like um, transcendent. Um, Piper, let's end with this. Speaking of great uniform games, you texted me during it. The um, the Colts Browns game from last week, gorgeous. Oh, it was such. A, it was so beautiful. Yeah, they're playing on grass. Uh, the Browns are in their like classic brown jerseys, orange pants, like Brian Sipe era, like Ozzie Newsom era, you know, type of look for the pants. Um, and the Colts are in their all whites with kind of the like classic. They made a subtle change to their number font this year. Um, they went back to like the classic, uh, like Lenny Moore, Raymond Berry era kind of number font. And um, but I, I love the blue shoulder stripes that they yeah. have that have oh, yeah. that they have that real throwback look. And then I yep. think their pants have what like two stripes down the side. Two stripes just, down the side. Simple. Yeah, just white with blue stripes. Super crisp. Yeah, it was a really beautiful uniform game, coupled with some pretty good football. Um, it, it was yeah, both solid teams. Yeah, nice to see except, the Browns. Except for Philip Rivers, he seems to have uh, he got old. Didn't you know, he? well, yeah, I mean he he. He's not just over the hill. Like, he full-on tumbled down the other side of the hill now. He's he's collapsed at the bottom, and his shoulder is dislocated, and he's a mess. Dude, so let's talk about this in light of what you just said, because I think this is a an interesting scenario for the Jets. Like, who rescues the career of Sam Darnold? Um, being that I grew up in Indiana and the, the Colts were my team on the side, I would really love to see a Frank Reich... Sam Darnold marriage because I know like like me you're kind of a Darnold guy and yep. um, I I still think he has qualities that in the in the right situation would really fly. Um, who who would you like to see Darnold go to? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I think uh, it has to be a team with a solid offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the Colts would be a really interesting one because the Colts' quarterback future is wide open right now. Totally. Because Rivers is signed for this year, and there's yeah. no way they're paying him to come back next year. Right. Um, they're going to be good enough that they're not going to get a high draft pick. You know, they're going right. to be in middle to end of the first round. He would Donald would be interesting there because they have a solid running game, great mm-hmm. offensive line, mm-hmm. pro- one of the top three or four in football. Yeah. Good defense right now. Um, and, and some – they could improve their skill position players. Like the wide receivers aren't great, their tight ends aren't great, but they're okay. Yeah, but they like made some investments there. They got Michael Pittman Jr. Mo Ali yes. Cox is starting to kind of pop off as a as a athletic tight end. Yeah, Jack, Jack Doyle's a nice little outlet yeah. tight end, yeah. you know, decent in the red zone kind of thing. Like they, they've got some guys. T. Y. Hilton's in, whatever, in the twilight, but uh, but he's and still whatever there. they have is a thousand times oh. better than the Jets. Absolutely. So yeah, that would be a great spot. I think if like. Watching what Justin Herbert's done has been oh man that that has I remember when we talked about the draft I just destroyed that pick because I thought <laughs> yeah. it was so I was like he's going to be garbage I wasn't high boy, on it either boy, yeah was I fair. wrong now I know. he you know he could go over he could go downhill but he's set up for success there great yeah. skill position players solid running game solid offensive line and a good defense so that he doesn't have to play from behind and, and get destroyed all the time and. uh so a, a situation like that for Darnold would be amazing. It really I'm trying to think would. what other teams. Oh, you know what? You know the perfect spot for him. Where replacing Jimmy G in San Francisco. Ooh, oh, that's interesting. He gets to go back to the West Coast because Jimmy um, G is like his contract is more or less like they're out of the guaranteed money after this year for the most part, and he's yeah. not good. No, no. Like he's if they not. cut he's him, limited. 
and Darnold was able to end up there somehow. Yeah, that, that'd be big. I think that the Kyle Shanahan offense is run-based. Yep. The passing game is creative. Yeah. They have skill position players, especially some coming back from injury. Yeah. You got to be able Man. to move in that offense, but not a ton. So it would. Uh, and I think I think he is mobile. He's, like he's, he's a, very mobile. He's, he's like a move within the pocket stretch guy, but not like a rollout guy. Not he's kind of like an but, Andrew Luck, like a sneakily yeah. athletic, you know, fast guy. So I think he would be perfect, dude. He'd be perfect for the structure of that offense. Um, and he could kind of be the the shot in the arm that the Niners need to be to be good again once they get healthy defensively yeah. again. Or a very similar situation. I mean, Drew Brees is very clearly at the end. Yeah. Replacing Drew Brees there because they signed Jameis Winston, but like... Well, yeah, dude, and they, and they yeah, paid Taysom Hill. So they've made weird investments in the position, well, but none of which are good. Yeah, um, well, and, and I think Jameis Winston was a one-year contract, so yeah. he he was truly a backup. I, yeah. Um, he there that's not an investment for the future for them unless they think they can re-sign him at moderate money. But like right. we know what Jameis Winston is. Totally. He's, he's, he's a not turnover good. machine. Yeah. 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 I mean gr- great arm, great right. talent, and no vision. Totally. Uh I think Darnold there uh-huh. because Peyton, Sean Payton has shown himself to be able to like move his system to fit his quarterback's abilities. Yeah. You know, so it used to be throw the ball 50 times a game. Now it's run the ball 65% of the time and mm. and more mid-range stuff. And I think Darnold would do really well because they have, they have a great offensive line too. Yeah, and the, the Saints are interesting because they're always, they're always all in on winning the Super Bowl. And if they thought that Darnold could, that his skill set could put him over the top, I could see them orchestrating some wild trade to like bring him into New Orleans. That's the thing. Like if... Breeze is going to retire at the end of this year. The rest of that roster is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, yeah. they still have good players. Like they, they need a, a quarterback that can plug in there. Totally. Not a, uh, like they, they can't rebuild. They're not right. that team. So, right. right. Yeah. He, that, that would be a great spot for him. San Francisco would be a great spot for him. Indianapolis, like those are three good teams. Yeah. That he could, that he could float into. The Patriots are an interesting one, although I think that would be a bad spot for him. Yeah. It'd be a good investment for them. It would be a very good investment for them. I think, I don't know, if Cam continues to play really well this year, I think the Patriots are going to be in the in the mindset of like, let's, let's re-sign Cam. Let's re-sign Cam. Yeah, let's re-sign Cam. Well, and they, and they get should. Get as much as we can like, out of him. Yeah, Cam, they should. Right. Cam's a unique talent who has proven himself to be, a, like he's a winner and he's yeah. good. So well, it'd be dumb the, not to. The Patriots have proven already that they're they're adept at using him. Like they know how to deploy Cam. Yes. And it's a it's they already really, a good They marriage. really could use a couple more weapons on on the receiving side. Their receiving totally. core is garbage. Dude, they need to rescue Julio Jones is what they need to do. Like that's the move they need to make. Um their cap situation is great. Like Go rescue Julio Jones. Make him a what, winner. Would their cap situation be great if they re-sign Newton? Because he signed for like one year and six million dollars, and if they yeah. re-sign him, it's going to be at like thirty million. Yeah, he'll want he'll want superstar money too. So he's going to end up getting paid because every quarterback who signs historically signs for more than the last guy. Mm-hmm. Like, so Kirk Cousins sets the market, and then Aaron <laughs> Rodgers sets the market, and yeah. then you know whoever like, and it doesn't even matter how good they are. There's not a comparison right. of good. There's only a comparison of starter. Well, yeah. So I mean, Newton's going to end up getting paid thirty five million dollars a year or something. Totally. Yeah. Nobody's going to take less money than Kirk Cousins 
at this point, especially given how much he's blown. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Well, Piper, we have. Uh, can I can I just vent about something real quick? Please, dude. Yeah, yeah. At you know, at the risk of repeating myself, <laughs> after watching Teddy uh, Bridgewater, I know, go dude. into I know. what was anticipated. To, I mean, it was kind of anticipated to be a very bad rebuilding team. Yeah. Like they thought he's just the he's the holdover until yeah. they get the next drafted quarterback. Totally. Well, guess what Teddy Bridgewater is? He's <laughs> a quarterback who's really good at running a smart system. Totally. If you put him in Gary Kubiak's offense, yep. he would look good. I know. And it, oh, I'm so mad. Like, that it just makes the signing I of know. Kirk Cousins, not I the know. initial signing as much, but the re-signing of Kirk Cousins. I know. it. So, so stupid. Kirk Cousins will never lead a team to a Super Bowl victory. No. It is an impossibility. Well, yeah. And the, and the, the unfortunate thing about Teddy was that the fans loved him. His teammates loved him. He's just a like very easy guy to root for. And yes. he's a guy that wasn't going to screw your team up. Like, um, yeah, he would have been. They never, well, they never gave him a shot to run an offense because the yeah. last time he started, it was like, let's hand it off to Adrian Peterson 27 times a game. Like, that's not exactly. an offense. Yeah, that's, a, been, that's, a, that's a star player. Dude, like you said, he would have been so perfect for the, the Kubiak offense. It would have just been a, a match made in heaven. But uh, yeah, pipe. That's that's good venting by you, and we've got to create, I think, safe spaces for you to be able to do that from time to time because you're gonna you're gonna need to do it. And uh, I'm gonna we, boil over otherwise. I know we were afraid of this. Um, we knew this was a possibility, and it has it has come to pass. In in if I can ways spin it to you. a positive, I am yeah. thrilled to see Teddy throwing to decent weapons under yeah. a good coach and yeah. looking like a top. He's like a top third to half of the NFL QB right now. Like he's just a good yeah. quarterback making good throws and I'm I'm so happy for him and I think it's awesome. Well, there you go. Um we can we can end on that Piper. Uh we've done what we always do on on this Happy Rant Sports podcast in that we have found a professional home for Ronnie Martin and uh celebrated the new professional home of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh Piper, this has been fun as it always is and until next time. Makai Becton. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at LifeAudio.com.